Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Hey, Rob, look who it is. You look so nice today, <laughs> and I just wonder why at church you just are just never putting in the effort in you're putting in it's today. The, the lighting in the studio is so nice. I mean, you guys really go all out in I, here. It's I've, amazing. Casey, I've honestly never owned clothes that fit that nicely. <laughs> He's very fashionable, isn't he? It, it is. Uh, it is uh, Micah Beckwith is our guest, uh, and we'll get into your filing for lieutenant governor. What's uh, an ensemble like that cost? Probably what I make in a week, right? Uh, you know, I've had this jacket for... Uh, uh, five years. You know and what it that still means. Fits. Susan's going to go through his closet. That <laughs> jacket <laughs> could be yours soon. <laughs> I, that's right. I, uh, you're going to get a, a package at church on Sunday. So Micah, Micah's wife gifted me all of his <laughs> his leftover sweaters that he didn't want. And I wore that so, sweater to the golf course over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And like three or four people were like, that is a really nice sweater. I said, yes, my, my rich Hamilton County friends. You look really good in Micah's clothes. <laughs> that's so funny. Hey, I, can I say this? The other day, I don't know why... Uh, uh, we were making jokes at church about people losing hair, and so I jumped on WeGrowHairIndy.com, and I found a a picture of Rob Kendall. Before and, and after? Before and after. Nice. And I sent it to him, and his response was, I was so fat. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'll have to show you this photo, Casey. Like, I I mean, I knew I'd lost, I probably lost 10 or 15 pounds mm-hmm. since that photo, and that was at the height of COVID when everybody was getting fat. And But I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, I've lost so well, much Well, now weight. you know you can't gain weight or you won't fit into Micah's clothes. Oh my goodness. All right. So you are here today. You are filing to, you're finally doing the official yes. deed. You're filing to run for Lieutenant Governor today. That, that's right. So we have a uh, $18,750 check. How much? $18,750. Whoa, whoa. So, so what, does this, go, does this go to like the Salvation Army? Or it does like, not. It goes to uh, the Indiana GOP. So we take a check to the the GOP headquarters with uh, the form that I fill out. You wait, wait, wait. I've I've missed a step here. (laughs) You have to pay 18, how much? $18,750. To run for lieutenant governor? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Wait a minute. This is a money. What does Anne Hathaway get a very nice (laughs) bottle of champagne out of this? What? Okay. Well, so here's, so here's how it works. So they take a percentage of whatever a state office holder is going to, to make annually. uh And then they say, if you want to run for this, office, you have to pay the state party this. Now, here's what I'll say about this. I think it's outrageously high. It keeps average people yes. to to run. Uh, but, you know, as a Republican, we want to support the Republican efforts. This is a good way to to raise money. I, like I said, I don't like it as this high, but we do. this money will then go to the general to make sure Republicans get elected, which is a good thing. We want to we want Maybe. To get <laughs> Maybe. Did you forget <laughs> what show you're on? <laughs> Listen, Rob, you are one of the strongest principled Republicans that I know. Okay, yes, so in good standing. I he mean, is he in really, good standing. He, he is in good standing, and our state treasurer has told you that many times over. Uh, so. Okay, so think about the barrier to access that has been on full display over the past couple weeks. You got people getting kicked off the ballot left and right. You got eighteen thousand seven hundred and fifty bucks, and we talked about this, Mike, where it's like there's no one meaner to the Republicans than me, and yet I could totally run and be fine, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> except then, for the eighteen 
$15,750. He could sell a couple sweaters. Uh, he might make some money there. Okay, so I think it's really important for people to know, and we'll get into kind of how this process works, but why why have you done this? Because, I mean, you basically have now given up a year of your life to crisscross the state, yeah. and, and it is not an easy thing to do. And Merritt talked about this last hour, that Indiana, it may not look like it, but it's a huge state. Yeah. You've chosen to do this. Why? Well, first, it's a calling. I always tell people, if you're going to go into the political world, you got to see it as a mission field, and it has to be a calling to do so. And so, in, in our founders, they didn't they didn't necessarily want to be politicians. Yeah. They did it out of a sense of calling to their their children and children's children in their community, and and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's I believe the Lord has led me into this. Uh, he's called me to it. He's going before us. He's opening doors. I mean, when God calls you, He equips you. And I think one of the reasons we're having such great success around the state so far is because God is going before us. And uh, and but it has to be a calling. And people who get into it and put their identity in it. That's where it becomes a problem. If your identity ever becomes your politics, then you will go downhill very, very quickly. But if your identity is, hey, I, I'm, a, I'm a child of God, first and foremost, and what I'm doing is just a calling to serve my peop- my, my constituents and the people of, of Indiana, then you're you're probably going to do pretty Gosh, pretty well. You're so. just like the polite, respectful version of me. I think that's why we get along so well. Like You are the person who fits into decent society. Like, mm-hmm. The so, y- yin and yang here. Uh, so, Micah, how is it going? You've been doing it for a year now yeah it's going really well um we everywhere we go we are educating on the process we're bringing in uh great conservatives into the republican party that's the other thing i'm excited about is the republican party needs to grow uh but it needs to grow on the principles of the party and we're doing that we're bringing people who have been disenfranchised the rob kendall's of indiana yeah. if you will right uh, maybe a little more polite of the versions of rob kendall around the around the state but we're saying hey there's a role for you in the republican party there's a there's a role for you to get up and to stand for liberty and the constitutional values. And and if we really want to be uh, a leader in our nation, I mean, look at the states around us. Michigan, you have Comrade Gretchen just ruining that state. You have Illinois, you have Kentucky around us. Even Ohio's going off the, off the rails in a lot of ways. Indiana has to stand strong on the principles of our Constitution, which I believe the Republican Party principles are aligned uh, more closely to the Constitution than any other party in our in our system right now, and that's why I'm a Republican. So, uh, but we've got to get more people who have that heart to say, "Hey, we believe in the Constitution, we believe in the Founders' vision, and we're going to fight." Again, it's about fighting. I'm tired of Republicans yeah. who do not fight. Yeah, it is time to go to battle and defend what 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 is near and dear to our hearts. All right, so let's walk through how this little endeavor goes. Micah Beck with is our guest. He's officially filing to run for lieutenant governor today. Abdul reported in his cheat sheet. You've got 600 people who have filed to run for yeah. delegate specifically for the reason of, hey, I'm here to support you. That's a colossal amount of people mm-hmm. when you'll probably only need 900-ish votes at a state yeah. convention. You want to explain to people, because people are going to have an opportunity to weigh in on this and help help make this change when they vote in the primary for convention delegates. So do you want to kind of explain how lieutenant governor works and how the people hearing your voice right now, even if they're not a delegate, are going to be involved in this process? Yeah, it, it was a great segment that you did with Jim Merritt. Uh, That's what the, we do. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really good. Uh, but I will say the one issue I had with Jim is he said the, the lieutenant governor should is the um, works for the governor. That's not true. The lieutenant governor works for the people. The people elect the lieutenant governor nominee by electing delegates in their community to go to the state convention in June. And that's it's, the, it's a Republican form of government. It's you. You have a representative that goes and votes on your behalf. And so, so, so yeah. on your ballot this May, yes, you'll have all these other offices, and then at the end. Mm-hmm. 
it'll say vote for these people for delegate con- for de- convention yep. delegates. So it's at the end of the ballot, yep. and a lot of people just skip over they that. Do. That's where that is yep. found. So you'll vote for delegates in your in your district that would that would be you know aligned with your values, and you say, hey, go down to the convention and support you know someone like Micah uh, to be lieutenant governor. And then June fifteenth, the convention happens, and then we, if we get a majority plus one of the uh, of the convention delegates, then we win, and then we would be put on the ticket going going up against the the uh, the Democrats in November. And some people have been saying, well, Micah's a disruptor. Micah wants to ta- take the party down, and Great. really, I'm I'm a dis- Disruptor only in the sense of when when I believe we're we're walking away from Republican principles. So during the COVID shutdown and how the Republican Party did not handle that well, I I certainly spoke out against this. I said, hey, this isn't Republican values. Labeling people essential and non-essential is not a Republican thing to do. That's a Democrat thing to do, and we shouldn't be doing that. And some people saw that as a, as a disruptive thing to do. But I said, no, we're standing on the principles of the party. And so as Lieutenant Governor, you can you can bet your last dollar that I will be the most uh, vocal champion. of of the governor if that governor stays in alignment with constitutional conservative values. If they ever step out of line with that, then you can bet your last dollar that I'll be the voice to say, hey, this isn't right. And respectfully, we need to get back in in the line. I think that's the thing when we had Suzanne and Casey Mm -hmm. is there's a total disconnect of her role in what has happened in this state. You know, she said, oh, I don't want to look to the past. You have to look to the past because she had the ability. If, yeah. if someone like you had been in there, doesn't mean history would have been different. It means it would have been a, there would have been a fight about what happened. Yeah. If you had a bull, someone with a bully pulpit of lieutenant governor to stand up and say, wait a second. You know, this Dr. Box gynecologist has no qualifications whatsoever to handle a pandemic. You're shutting society down based on her. You're not proving you're saving even one solitary life. And this isn't how we operate. Think about how much different. I mean, Curtis, all it took was Curtis Hill to stand up one time on the mask mandate and the criminal component crumbled on that. If we'd have had an independent voice in the lieutenant governor's spot, history might have been much different. And and to Suzanne's defense a little bit, it's just it's never really really been thought of that we need a strong lieutenant governor be, to have that check and balance. It, up until 2020, I think everyone, myself included, would have said, well, the lieutenant governor is more of a, you know, just kind of a, a yes man position. And yeah, they just need to kind of do what the governor asked. But I think we saw, and I, I woke up too, I, I saw it and I was like, man, we need these constitutionally elected offices to every single one of them is super important. And the reason what you're saying here, Rob, is we didn't have our representation during 2020 because the shutdown happened right after the legislature went home yeah. and there were no reps and no senators down at the state house making decisions. And the only person, one person making decisions was Governor Holcomb. He could have called the legislature back in, but he didn't. And he didn't have someone in that executive branch saying, hey, Mr. Governor, I think we need to go down this path. Instead, you've got to give the people representation. It's not your job to be king over them. It's your job to steward their their liberties. And and I, I just don't think he did a good job during that season. So as Lieutenant Governor, if I'm in that office, you will know you've got somebody that's always going to stand up first and foremost for for the liberty of the people. And yeah, who do you want to work with? Well, I think I can work with any of them. I I, I think they all. I've I've loved getting to know all of them on that's the such campaign. A strong trail. question, Casey. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Way to pin him down. Yeah. No. But no. In, <laughs> I think that's what our listeners want to know. Yeah, though that's a great question. I get that all the time. 
on. Yeah. Um, the and and I I bring strengths that would that would complement each one of of those candidates because right now. they all have their different they, abilities. They all have their strengths, yeah. right? And I think my strengths are I'm I'm bold. I'm unapologetic. I'm a backbone. They can rely. I think I give sound wisdom mm-hmm. and counsel uh, when they're asking questions. I think I could be that that counselor to them in that sense and saying, Hey, I, I'm with you. I'm not. You're not going to be on an island if you stand for truth. This is what happens in Indiana. Whenever a Republican stands for truth, most of the Republican Party runs away. It's like David going to fight Goliath. It's like, hey, we're for you, David. Uh, will you go down and fight Goliath? We'll be back up here on the hill. Uh, you know, but good luck. We don't. We want people to go into battle. We're David's mighty men that went into battle with him. And so, one of the things I'll offer as Lieutenant Governor is I'll say, Governor, you're not going to have to fight this alone. I'm going to be right there with you. I will take the arrows with you from the left and the radical Marxists that are trying to take over our society. And and I think that's. That's really what I'll what I'll bring to every one of the candidates. I do have one more question for you. Yeah. And um, okay, so Lieutenant Governor, also President of the Senate, but also in charge of agriculture. What yep. do you think of this uh, proposed House Bill 1183, which is banning the purchase of Indiana land of a foreign entity? I think it's great. Uh, it it needs we need to absolutely make sure that China and our hostile uh, adversaries cannot be buying land in Indiana. We we've tried to get this through the last few sessions it, it just keeps dying because of all the lobbyists and and uh and here's what you'll have sometimes you'll have lobbyists that come in and say well republicans need to be about individual liberty right and if it's your property you can sell the land to whoever you want they'll use that argument my response to that is national security trumps your ability to sell your land to uh, a hostile foreign actor that wants to kill me and my family and so so i think it's really good that we put protections in and limitations in that says hey china iran uh you know the the axis of evil, uh, you know Russia. Those these people can't come in. We China, I think, was either did purchase or was trying to purchase land right next to Crane Military uh, Base, the naval base in Indiana. It's like, oh, I wonder why they want land close to uh, Crane uh, Naval Naval Base in Indiana and. And it was just, are we that dumb? All are right, dumb? this is your choice, because yeah. we are told both things. We are mm-hmm. told no one's listening, and we're told like tens of thousands <laughs> of people are listening. So you can either just go ahead and leave, or we can take a break and you can come back. I'm and, coming back. Oh, very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> he wants to be your lieutenant governor. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and Micah Beckwith is joining us. So earlier when we were talking with Jim Merritt, um, we were talking about how you have 600 delegates, and he asked why you don't have 800. (laughs) (laughs) We're working on it. We're getting there. (laughs) So you've been paying attention to the straw polls that have been going on in the last two. Um, Suzanne Crouch was the leader in those. Do you put a lot of stock or weight into what's going on with those? I know you show up at all the dinners. Yeah. (laughs) How are you so thin? Because <laughs> I don't eat. I shake hands and talk to people most of the time. So, uh, no, I think the straw polls are they they can build they can help build momentum. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that's going to prophetically say this is going to be the outcome of the of the election. But I think it can help a candidate say, hey, we want a straw poll. You know, the voters actually resonate with us and our message. And here's why. So uh, I remember we did a we did a straw poll uh, when I was running for Congress uh, back in 2019. And and it was it was I mean, the outcome of the straw poll didn't necessarily reflect the outcome of the election. So and and so 
again, you can use it to send out mailers and fundraising and say, hey, we're doing great. But really, it's really about Election Day turnout. It's who's going to turn out to vote. So you're filing to run for lieutenant governor yep. today, and then you're having an event at the State House. Yes, is that right? Yeah. So we're going to be 11 o'clock. Uh, so in 30 minutes here, we're going to be over at the State House, and we're going to we're, we're going to take <laughs> pictures, celebrate, and say, all right, let's uh, keep on rolling. You'll love this. Somebody from Micah's campaign was like, we'd love to have you come on out. I think I'm working <laughs> at 1130. I, I don't, I mean, you know. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. I listen to you every day. Can you be there at 1130? <laughs> just wait. Just what? come during a commercial break. It's uh-huh. right over there. Just sprint so. over there. <laughs> Look, here, here is the thing. So people who are sick of the crap, whether it's the property taxes, the gas taxes. I mean, we've talked yeah. about how the state budget has gone from $32 billion to $44 billion over the, the last seven years. That's a 37.5% increase. If people are sick of the crap, the number one way they can cut the crap this year with the Republicans and hold them accountable is your election. Yeah, I mean, I think I would make sure to be that voice to say, cut the crap. Last night, I was uh, in Shelby County, and there was a candidate's forum, but they had Republicans and Democrats there. There were only two Democrats, and the rest were Republicans. But I was talking to one of them afterwards, and, and you know, him and I found amazing common ground on the property tax and gas tax yeah. issue. And I said, and man, I'm I'm sorry as a Republican that we have been in control for 20 plus years and we have let that get out of hand. And and he said, you know, that's the message that resonates with all Hoosiers because he's a Democrat. He obviously didn't agree with me on social issues. Uh, but but he said, if that message, the, the Republicans could just come out and own it and say, we're going to fix it. He said he was basically saying I'm not, there would be nothing that we as Democrats could do to stop the Republican machine going forward. But Republicans just want to point fingers, say, well, it wasn't me. It was someone else. At some point, we've got to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, we're the, supposed to be the party of low taxes, but it is not it can, it's not equating to low taxes for Hoosiers. What's going on? Why, why won't any of these people... I mean, we have had all of them in here. Yeah. The only one who gave a remotely direct answer was Jamie Rittenauer. I mean, we, well, we haven't obviously had Chambers or Braun. I don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, the, of the four that we've had in here, yeah. you can't get a clear answer to any of them. And it's like, to me, first one who solves property tax or, or offers a proposal yeah. wins. Yeah. And none of them will talk about it. That's right. Uh, so for me, it's a constitutional issue with property taxes. Is it really your property if you have to pay the government to stay there? I'm fine if you pay property taxes on the sale or the purchase of property. I think that's a sales tax thing, and I'm good with that. But when it comes to... I, I know I know little, little old couples that have paid off their mortgage years ago, mm-hmm. and they're being threatened with eviction now because they cannot pay the government to stay on their own land. That is unconstitutional. It's never something the founders would have ever wanted for, for us as citizens. We have to fix it in Indiana. And to your point, Rob, if we can if we can get a plan and we can fix it, I think Republicans will sure up victories for the next two decades. I think some people are wondering why you chose to run for lieutenant governor and not governor. Well, because <laughs> Jim Merritt talked about a last segment. <laughs> Takes about twenty five million dollars to run for uh, you know governor now, but again, I, I I go where I'm called, and I'm not. I don't. I would much rather just be a pastor and not have to worry about politics. And if I knew there were godly men and women all over this state and country, I would be more than content with just staying in the the private sector as a business owner and as a pastor. Um, but but I, I go where I'm called, and I believe the Lord called me to this specifically. I don't know. I don't know why.
why necessarily, other than I'm starting to see it unfold that I'm going to be a voice of truth for the people. But, you know, someday governor, I don't know, maybe, but because people say, well, do you want to be governor someday? And my, my answer is like, no, I, I really don't. I want to just, I want to speak truth. I want to make sure that our, our state is set up as a city on a hill so that the rest of the country can look at how you should govern from a constitutionally conservative perspective. And if we can do that from lieutenant governor, I'll be as content as, as I'll get out. So uh, Okay, so this will be the last thing um, for me, and then if Casey has something else, that, that's fine. But I think you know that there's a whole lot of people who hear what you say about the property tax, gas tax, growth of government, and they're 100% on board with you. Yeah. The sad truth about our country is, though, there are a lot of people who are apprehensive or, in some cases, outright hostile to faith and faith in government, and they get all hung up on the idea that we have faithful people in government. What can you say to those people who believe, I don't know, you're going to get in there and be some sort of heretic or what? I don't know what they think is going to happen if you're in there. But you know, at convention, there's going to be a lot of people who agree with you on all of these topics, but are going to be apprehensive to vote for you just based on what you do for a living. Yeah. So our founding was specifically set up on Judeo-Christian principles. The laws of this land, the founders referred to the Bible more than any other book throughout history. And then in the Bible, they referred to Deuteronomy, which is all based on on law and and civil government. God is the author of government. Our founders knew it. When asked about the the three branches of government, where he got the inspiration from, James Madison responded, Isaiah 33, 22, the Lord is our, our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, and the Lord is our king. It is he who will save us. And he said, this is how God governs. He's got a judicial aspect, a legislative aspect, and an executive aspect. And and if God can do it that way, if we separate this out and create three branches of government, that's going to work well for our people. Um, Alexis de Tocqueville said this in his book, uh, Democracy in America. He said, not until I went to the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the greatness and the genius of America. America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. And he, he wrote that in the early 1800s when he was saying the French Revolution was falling apart because we built it on secularism and and human knowledge, the American Revolution is sustaining and actually growing in a good direction, and they built it on godly wisdom. It is it is not a theocracy that I am advocating for. Some people will say, I, you want a theocracy. No, I do not. I want a constitutional republic that is rooted in the Judeo-Christian values that bring liberty and freedom for all men, everywhere, whether you're a Christian or not. But if we remove those foundations and those principles from our, from our government, we will not be America anymore. We, America will cease to exist, and we will become a socialist, uh, Marxist nation, and we will not have liberty for everyone. And so that's why faith is so important within government. It's the moral conscience of the government, and the church and Christians and believers have to stand up and start doing their job, or else we will lose freedom in this nation. All right, Kurt Darling has it in his contract; they can kill all of us if we don't get to the news on time. So, uh, hey, hey, good luck on your filing good today. Luck, Thanks guys. for inviting us to that event. We can't go to because we're on the air. And uh, Mike, back with your hey, best. Thanks, Thank guys. you. Love it's you Kendall and Casey on night. 93 WIBC.